0: all right joining us for this episode is megan from the oh no lit class podcast because for a film on a college professor and literary things like books we need someone smart books. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I guess there's books this movie
0: <laughs> so megan thank you for joining us
1: um thank you thank you for having me and uh i just apologize right out the gate for anything that's gonna happen
0: isn't that a nice greenhouse it's
2: mm-hmm. mrs gaskell's it's your hobby mm-hmm. i thought you were mrs gaskell's hobby
0: hello everyone
2: don't you look ravishing i'm pregnant
0: i guess we just divorce our spouses, marry each other and have this baby right you're mad at me aren't you you're mad because I shot your girlfriend's dog.
2: It wasn't her dog. It was her husband's. Who said anything about a girlfriend? Okay, James. I wish you hadn't shot my girlfriend's dog. Even though Poe and I were not exactly
0: what you call simpatico, that's no reason he should have taken it. I, you know what? I like that warning.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's it's just easier that way.
0: I should just go ahead and start the grand gesture that way, Dave. Just every episode, yeah. I should just apologize. Welcome to the show. We're sorry. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> that's that's essentially where where RJ and I have gotten to on our show. Welcome to Odo oh no, Look Class. We're so sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I don't agree. I, I, I'm a new fan uh, of your show, and I really appreciate you. Uh, stopping by to talk uh, about a movie with us, you know, to to bring yourself down, to dumb yourself down a little bit, (laughs) movies. So uh, tell our listeners a little bit about your show, where they can interact with you, and uh, what you all talk about on Oh No Lit Class.
1: So Oh No Lit Class is a comedy literature podcast. Yeah, I know. Uh, And we kind of take you through your old uh, required reading lists from high school and college, all the stuff that was crammed down your throat, like... Hamlet and 1984 and Jane Eyre and Pride and Prejudice and all that fun stuff. And um, we tell you all of the weird, strange and sexy things that you never knew about them. And then we just do really horrible impressions and sing very badly and continue to do both of those two things anyway. And uh, you can listen to us at com or anywhere anywhere where podcasts grow you can pluck us off the podcast <laughs> tree and um i'm on our, our twitters uh at Pod. it's
0: it's always me
1: because rj is a decrepit old man and is scared of technology
0: <laughs> that's a that's a great transition uh, i'm gonna toss it over <laughs> to dave my decrepit old man on this show, right? We'll throw in some <laughs> sure, yard birds at the end, Dave. Yeah,
2: <laughs> every right. every every show should have one. <laughs> that's right. I'm glad I have a role here. That's
0: good. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm going to uh, I guess attempt to lead us here. Uh, I I am going to admit that I'm probably the dumbest one on on this show, but. I think that I'm the only one that saw Wonder Boys before this. So depending on how you all feel about this movie, you may still think, yeah, I don't know, (laughs) but I watched this, I watched this back in high school and, um, it's one I didn't really like when I watched it as a, as a teenager, but I've strangely come back to it. Uh, and I really want to do it for this podcast, mainly for Francis McDormand. And so she's, you know, she's going to probably win all the awards this year for three <laughs> billboards. So we're going to go back to something a bit more romantic. She doesn't have that much romance in her filmography. So this is the closest we get. And it's um, it's a little bit hard. So here's our structure, you know, the meet cute here. I, my version of the meet cute on this is that Professor Grady Tripp, Michael Douglas, who is this, semi one hit wonder, I guess he's he's got, that's had a a huge uh, novel that has influenced these younger generations. And he's got a cushy gig as a professor and he's respected by his peers. uh, Not so much by the people who know him closely because they've seen him struggle to try to top his previous work. And he's a bit of a layabout in his personal life. And that brings us to Francis McDormand, who is his lover who is married to his boss for the most part. And our meet cute here is him and his drug induced haze, uh, focus on his own life and his, uh, failed attempt to, uh, write this novel. She just cuts him off of the past and says, I'm pregnant. So that's our meet cute. <laughs> Isn't that romantic? Yes. I'm pregnant. Ooh, a <laughs> rough way to start. So as I said, uh, the, the old man of the podcast, Dave, you've got so many more life experiences than me. I'm sure this oh, is yeah. this is something that in your neck of the woods has happened fairly often.
2: Oh well, yeah, like four or five times to me, obviously. This happens
0: all the time. One more great podcast <laughs> in you you've been working on for years and suddenly I'm you're, you're lover. I'm still waiting to have
2: one great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for my hit wonder. That's That's what I'm waiting for.
1: See, in the meantime, women are always coming up to me and just telling me they're
0: pregnant. So that's that's a particular skill you have
1: yeah. <laughs> i mean it's 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 confusing but it just doesn't stop why are you
0: telling me I
2: don't
0: you think. so does this given that this is not your typical romance and for the most part it is it is a driving focus of the plot as far as it's really the only thing driving grady to i guess uh act with some amount of decorum and professionalism is how it's going to affect his lover here. Uh, Dave, does this does this meet cute work for you given what little you know of their relationship other than the fact that it is happening behind the scenes that we meet with a life-changing event of a pregnancy? Yeah, I think it really does, actually. I, I was actually impressed with the subtlety
2: with which this moment is played. I think it's really easy when someone says I'm pregnant to have one of two reactions, to be, to be really happy about it or to be really upset about it. And Michael Douglas kind of plays it right down the middle in this moment. Like he just kind of lays his head against her and they're just kind of slowly dealing with this problem without actually dealing with it. I think, I think the movie, maybe, I don't think the movie falters, but I think, how much we care about Michael Douglas's character maybe falters a little bit by some of his behavior later. But this introduction, I think it creates a lot of drama and creates a situation where, despite the fact they're doing this like kind of on the down low and it's not supposed to happen, I think, at least for me, I still felt for both of these characters in that moment. Make it one about yourself.
1: I hated this movie so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, is that based on the you know our podcast like the romance angle or just generally speaking
1: just generally speaking um the 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 moment itself i feel like is a is a fine moment for pretty much the reason that you were saying that it is kind of a subtle moment that it is a quiet moment that it's not like a i'm pregnant no but, spit takes
0: are um, involved from michael douglas he or to see yeah.
2: like perform <laughs> yeah. it like that
1: I was... <laughs> <laughs> she'd just come in oh, i'm pregnant yeah uh, like musical theater style well now i'm rethinking how i feel about this but um <laughs> like you you couldn't have known this because i don't think i've ever mentioned it on the show but i I my master's degree is in writing. Like I went to grad school for writing. I was in like those kind of workshops and and that whole thing except they're not like that and that's why I hate these movies is because they're not like that at all. And just that that cliche of like the the hazy English professor just sort of trying to write that second book fumbling through various marriages casually committing adultery and it's just like no why please stop
0: i'm always a fan of characters just casually committing adultery (laughs) (laughs)
1: like
0: we might as well do that today
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's just not it's this whole weird like sexy vision of of that whole thing that's not a real thing and yet I've had to read so many books that are about that because, I don't know, I guess a lot of old English professor dudes only know how to write books about old English professor dudes committing adultery.
2: Living the dream. And it <laughs> is just,
1: yeah. <laughs> and it, it, is, it is based on uh, a book by Michael Shaban uh, and they all have the... They all have those names. the The names like Grady Grady Trip and Terry Crabtree and James Lear and <laughs> Quentin Moore. <laughs> it's like is it, it hurts. It hurts to hear. That. <laughs> <laughs> but this meat cute specifically, in particular, putting aside my just utter disdain. Yeah. <laughs> uh is it, I feel like it does. Work because of what you said, because it's subtle, and also because it is such a a trope and kind of a cliche. Is you can fill in the blanks for yourself. There doesn't need to be a whole lot of explanation. You can be like, ah, okay, that
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it it works for me because not only Dave said the subtlety of it, but you expect this to be like a cold splash of water, and then you spend the middle part of the movie continuing to meander with Grady and these <laughs> not sitcom ish because it would be a really cool sitcom, but you know, it's just these little adventures, these little stories that he gets involved with, Uh whether it be, you know, getting rid of the dead body of a dog, which man, after the lobster, we're just on a tear. Lately. I know. It's like, just <laughs> like <I'm just>, a yeah, <laughs> dog. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That
2: oh, would be God. a Dark sitcom.
1: That is just, that's just the the dead dog double feature. It's beautiful alliteration and it's also just the worst.
0: <laughs> that would be the, the worst movie podcast ever. Um, but since oh, it doesn't God. exist, we will take that. We will wear that crown proudly.
1: You got to yep. snag that uh, URL before it's too that's late.
0: Right. <laughs> I do think, Megan, um, what you were saying as far as this being a trope that I, I've not read the book. And I wonder if it would work for me. Because one thing I really like about this is Michael Douglas himself, who, for the most part, is always a very slick, very put-together, very controlled character. And here we're seeing him – as I said, he's a man who's respected, but he is – I'm not by my dog, as you can tell – your, your dog clearly
2: heard you talking
0: about the dead. No dogs. more dead dog movies. <laughs> that, or he's just this. a huge—he's a huge fan of disclosure. He's like, stop talking yeah. about Mikey D. There, I don't—I don't, I don't like that. We're
2: not doing John Wick next. We can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but he's—he's he's a man who's respected, but he doesn't, you know. Other than the fact that he did this one thing, he's not doing anything currently. And I—I I like the way that they dress Michael Douglas. I love him in this, you know, disgusting sort of a uh, very off-putting old bathrobe that he insists that bathrobe on wearing. That was
1: great. That was a fantastic bathrobe. I'll give you that.
0: <laughs> I love that, you know, throughout the film, he, uh, through his many adventures and misdeeds, you know, he develops a limp. Um, this is oh, not gosh. your This is not your brooding literary hero that I would visualize. So I do wonder if I read the book, if I would see him much differently. Even if uh, it was written, all the same events happened. I think I would still look at him as cooler. I would look at him as a Michael Douglas character without this. I mean, if you'll have imdb up this poster that they have and i know this movie did not do well financially is a extreme close-up of michael douglas
1: i mean it, it did very well critically critics
0: very, yeah, critically. absolutely loved it but you look yeah, at that, that poster, is a really weird poster it looks like <laughs> is that like mrs doubtfire like what is this yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes not a good look it,
1: yeah it's like i've got a secret <laughs> <laughs>
2: Mike, that I actually had a, a, had a question bunch. for you about about that first scene. Do you think – I was starting to wonder if it works so well because Michael Douglas is in this main role. And he is he's an actor who has kind of been a charming, lovable cad for most of his career. It was mentioned you can kind of fill in the blanks uh, about this because it's such a trope. But I wonder if we could fill in the blanks also because it's Michael Douglas.
0: Yeah, I think there's there's a certain amount of humor that we're we're seeing him – probably as michael douglas the you know when when he's in that classroom which you know megan did not like that the new england backdrop out the window and of course the, the like the one <laughs> weird kid in the corner like just gazing like with not a care in the world about what his his peers think about his work uh that to me is like the version that everyone else sees and what i like about the movie is that anyone who gets close to him it, this is a movie where our hero constantly disappoints people And it's not really anything that he does that regains that trust. He helps each of these individuals, but we don't you know, there's a, there's a little cheat at the end where he does, you see him finishing his new work or whatever. And he looks very, he looks Michael Douglas skin, right? He's very clean, put together. true. He's got a
1: turtleneck and a a haircut. Francis McDormand fixed him. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) I I would, I would expect nothing less, but pretty much all the, all the happy endings, in this film, as far as what everyone else sees, it's him helping others, uh, be it you know James Lear, uh, this this his strange mentorship, which is really just getting him to do drugs and alcohol and have sex and hang out in his house.
1: Have sex with Robert Junior. Fix cure what ails you.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'd prefer a little <laughs> bit of facial hair on robert d but that's fine that's good you like his ridiculous tony stark facial hair that's, <laughs> that's what's, what's missing here yeah
1: <laughs> yes ab- absolutely
2: talk about
0: Chains very them. put together immaculately yeah, hairs. yeah every day <laughs> but you know even even the uh, the romantic pairing here sarah i mean he all he manages to accomplish for is to continue to fuck things up which is you know kill the family dog uh, rob from her husband. Uh, accidentally, he's not aware of it. This like it's
1: true, priceless... but he doesn't fix it when he finds out. No,
0: he he, he chooses not to fix things, and somehow yeah, you keep it. It's fine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fuck that guy anyway. Whatever.
0: <laughs> All this does lead to. The, I I feel like this is a film with many breakups here, which is it does lead to a culmination where he's disappointed people so many times over that there's not really one big grand gesture he can do which is going to be a problem when we get to the third part of this show but I mean,
1: I, there's the only one i can think of i mean I, i'm we can wait till we get to that part this is a pretty sad grand gesture. Yeah,
0: let's wait because i hope you i was hoping one of you had one because that'll save <laughs> <by>. <laughs> but okay so the breakups I was seeing here was uh, James Lear, his, his student that uh, he sort of takes under his wing during this, this weekend, during this, this big literary powwow, where they have all these great people coming in and it's, it's a way for them to, to sell their wares in a way. Um, he sees him basically writing about their relationship and his disappointment like this. I think he's, his, his uh, metaphor that he's using here is uh, about a prize fighter, like, you know, beaten down old mm-hmm. prize fighter. And, you know, there's nothing left of the old mm-hmm. man which the, the only thing I don't like about that and I feel I feel Megan's complaints coming on. is James,
1: well, James <laughs> Lear is my, is my least favorite thing out of the entire World. movie. With, with, yeah, with, with,
0: well, with, no, with, with nothing about Toby. <laughs>
1: well, no, it's because that's the one thing also that the movie gets right about going to grad school for writing is because there's a James Lear in every class and he's the worst... <laughs> And he's so pretentious <laughs> and he'll, he always writes about the same crap. Middle and then yet yeah, it hour, and it, and it, it turns out that he has, you know, wealthy upper class family that, you know, he totally doesn't want to talk about because it, it makes him seem less real. And it's just like, fuck you, dude. Just, just write a thing. You could just write a thing without being so extra.
0: <laughs> I like that. I was, I was just going to say, I, I just didn't like that. If, if I was, uh, uh grady trip here i would just be like hey this kind of sucks i wouldn't look at it as a good insult i'd be like oh this is kind of poor writing
1: yeah it's, it's not I'm, i got it out of my that's out of my system
0: now. if if he had come in and seen like some weird like genre piece like i don't know it was about pirates i would be like okay that's kind of cool but yeah this not i don't expected. know um and then of course there's the the other uh i guess uh mentee the other student who, who knows james played by katie holmes who uh, Hannah Green, who has uh, a flirtatious relationship, a one-sided flirtatious relationship with Grady, where she is clearly uh, in love with not the man but his work, his previous novel. It's one work.
1: She's she's there to be she's there to be sexy and and to be the young sexy person who has the crush on the professor because that's okay. Maybe I wasn't out of, out of get it out of my
2: system. <laughs> I thought the poison was out, but it's still. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I was gonna say that she has the she has the one just she just verbalizes basically everyone's disappointment with him when she she's talking Thank about much. his work.
1: Grady, you know how in class how you're always telling us that writers make choices.
0: Yeah.
1: And even though your book is really beautiful, I mean, amazingly beautiful, it's it's at times it's uh, very detailed. Uh, you know, the genealogies of everyone's. Horses and and the dental records and so on and and I could be wrong, but it just it sort of reads in places like You didn't really make any choices At all And and I was just wondering if it might not be different if if when you wrote you weren't always Under the influence
0: Well, well
2: uh, thank you for the thought. But shocking as it may sound, I am not the first writer to sip a little weed. Furthermore, it might surprise you to know that one book I wrote, as you say, under the influence, just happened to win a little something called the Penn Award, which, by the way, I accepted. Under the influence. But he's <laughs> saying that,
0: yeah, he yeah. has not made any choices Life, And I think it is fun to watch a character like that in the movie where you just see things happen to them. And as I said, he just sort of takes it as it lays. Yeah, Like we have a guy <laughs> that is throwing his ass onto the hood of his car and then walks <laughs> off. And he's just like, I don't know what that was about, but that's a thing that <laughs> happened to me. Yeah,
1: the the, <laughs> thing, the things that happened to him are incredible. And yeah, it's just kind of like, well, this, this is going on. <laughs>
0: which is going to present a problem to us when we're talking about this as a romance film, because, you know, Sarah is asking him to make a big decision as far as like, is this a real relationship or not? Because we are now pregnant like this, as Dave said, this has been hidden, but now we do have to make a decision here. And at that point in time, I I don't know if we're rooting for this character or for this relationship because I'm (laughs) thinking she's good. Maybe she could go off and she could have this child and they'd be fine. But I don't know if I want, you know, Michael Douglas, not clean cut Michael Douglas, but the Grady version. <laughs> R- Ratty Bathrobe. The ready Bathrobe <laughs> version. Uh anywhere around, you know, that child. I don't I don't know about that. So at the point where all of these various relationships are kind of calling Grady out, uh I'll go ahead, I'll ask our guest first this time, you know, what are you hoping happens to this point are you rooting for for grady to get his act together or do you think everyone is better served having sort of revealed <laughs> that the emperor has no clothes and they go about their lives without worshiping the ground he walks on
1: not not to not to not to make a decision but a little bit of call of <laughs> it, a little bit of call of me because yeah you know you like seeing him kind of get take him down a peg and and have to kind of deal with the consequences of his actions, although in a way he kind of doesn't like for a dude who has a dead dog in the trunk of his car for the that belonging to his boss for the majority for of the movie. Yeah. Like he gets away with a fair, a fair bit. He doesn't have to pay too much uh, repercussions for that. <laughs> but I mean, he's not dislikable. Like he's not reprehensible. Like, I, I hate the the tropes that are kind of being on display, but the character of, of like, Trip, you're just kind of like, like, dude, like, come on. You can do this. So it is kind of like you do. You are kind of rooting for him to get his shit together just because
0: it's like, like, please. Well, he's, he's not actively made a decision to piss you off either, it sounds like. He's yeah. Just, he's just right <laughs> yeah, down the middle.
1: He's, he's right down that line. So it's like. If you want me to root for you, you need to start trying. If for nothing else than Francis McDormand, who deserves so much better.
0: <laughs> Dave, do you think that that's a problem with the film, though? Do you think that – as you were saying that the star power of Michael Douglas, is that the buy-in that we're like, okay, we should be rooting for this guy. But in the film, he doesn't really do anything to earn that respect from us other than the fact that maybe we're just having a good time watching bad things happen to him just him his <laughs> life just being oh, one true. big punching bag
2: yeah i i think that is a problem with the movie i enjoyed the movie but i do think it's he he becomes more difficult to root for as the movie goes on um and you brought up the scene where you know toby mcguire's character is like you know writing about him as this prize fighter who's worthless now who, who can't hack it anymore and i think honestly it it is bad writing but it didn't matter to me that it was bad writing i think because Michael Douglas's character respects this person's writing, that we know it cuts him to the core to have, in his mind, a good writer. Really just kind of read them the riot act and be like, here's what you are, and I'm just going to kind of lay it out for you. But I think the real breakup, as you mentioned, is that Katie Holmes sequence. I think as that sequence was happening, when she said, you know, you always told us to make choices, like at that moment, I was like, oh, oh, this is going to get rough right here. Because, you know, it's coming and you can see her hesitation because. In a lot of ways, this is her literary hero. This is someone she really respects. And she's about to say something really hurtful. And again, you know, we talked about the subtlety of that first scene. I like that it's not this immediate change in him. Like his reaction is to kind of strike back at her and be cruel and be like, you know what? I, I could do this and smoke and drink. And I could do it with my eyes closed. And he becomes even more of a jerk. I think where the movie goes wrong for me is... It's interesting because I was rooting for him. Because I think a lot of it is just the inherent charm of having Michael Douglas in your movie. And the like, you know, the trope of the tortured artist that we've all seen before. So we're waiting for him to have this heart of gold. But then I realized at the end of the movie... Like, as you mentioned, I wanted so much better for Francis McDormand. Like, essentially... In a lot of ways, like we don't, it doesn't fill in the blanks for us. But we see her as like this savior, as as someone who is like fixed him and put him on his path. She's almost like, you know, like a manic pixie dream girl. Like she is there in service to this male character. Like she oh, inspires whoa, whoa, him. Sir,
0: she gets him <laughs> to a better place.
2: I mean, tell me I'm wrong. She Man- manic, him, she manic him pixie a dream place. McDormand. Yes, yeah. right. <laughs> I mean,
1: I mean, really, I I would say it's less that because it's not that she like fixes him by being like quirky and fun. It's she needs someone to be his fucking mom.
0: (laughs) I think that's worse. She's, oh God! I'm I'm just trying to envision uh, manic, manic, pixie dream McNorman. Um, what award show was it where she wasn't <laughs> laughing at like any jokes and they kept cutting back to her? that like she would be so upset with you, Dave, for for impugning her with that label. I think what I like about the relationship uh, because of the two breakups we've seen, uh, you know, the the two younger people are harping on their disappointment with him based on his work. And right. she's never. I don't think there's like a conversation where she really no. shows any interest. She doesn't no. care what he's doing with this. Just book.
2: be a fucking man. Yeah.
0: Like, just yep. be a human being. What's yeah. wrong? And that's just, that's just what be I really a like. Person. Yeah. She. I think she's <laughs> yeah. great in that way. She doesn't. It's not that she's disinterested. I'm sure at some you know, she you know respects what he does. I mean, obviously, she works, you know, <laughs> in right. academia. But I like that she just only talks to him about the real shit about him and her as human beings. Not she the challenges bunk. him. Yeah. yeah for sure
2: yeah definitely
0: now i want to ask megan you know having this background do you feel like uh, of the the two breakups with the the students do you, which one do you think hits him more cuz dave pointed out that you know he he respects uh toby maguire's character james lear because he knows he's a talented writer and everyone seems to keep saying he's a talented writer um but you know the weapon of choice there is in on the page it's right there. It's, you know, it's not a direct confrontation. It's like two men who don't want to have direct conversations, but with Katie Holmes, <laughs> she just, she actually is, you know, attacking his work as the author. Like, not as the ideal, like, what his, the vision of this guy was, but the fact, like, the work itself. Do you think that he took more offense to that? That his his book was being challenged as opposed to his personality?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, yeah, the, the, bit, the bit with the Lear is more just like like oh I've let him down whereas you know and he gets all the reason he gets all pissy when Katie Holmes tells him is yeah it's a direct attack on his work it's like what are you and you know by extension his life because he knows that he's you know he's in stasis in his life the same way that his like bajillion page book is in stasis so um it's easy and, you know, and he basically says it too, Lear, that it's easy to be like, yep, nope, I'm not as cool as you thought I was, darn bummer. But then when you have someone being like, your but your actual thing that you're doing, and by extension, you as a person, not great. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's also like the one, like, thing, like significant thing that Katie Holmes gets to do in the whole movie, because she's just sort of there. But then she kind of gets to be the one to to be like, "Yeah, I read I read your bajillion page book, and you know what? It's not that great."
0: I do kind of like <laughs> that. There's a- I like that she's a sneak attack option there. That All she's right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the ninja in his house that's reading his book.
2: <laughs> and I think there's a hero worship thing there too, where like Toby Maguire's character, because of who he is, is very distant. So there's not like an emotional connection between them, really. Like, I think they struggle to find that. Whereas with Katie Holmes character, like not only is she attracted to him and flirts with him and all that, but she also sees him as like this literary icon and this hero. And for that person to lose that and say like, actually, what you're doing here is bullshit. And using his own words against him, like, remember what you told us in class? You're doing that. Like, ouch. <laughs> that's a lot to take
0: for him. That actually wouldn't work I, on me. I'll get a little bit personal here. But if someone quoted back to me what <laughs> I said on a podcast and used it against me, I'd be like, oh, well, cool, cool shit. Like, they listen to me. Awesome. That, that's <laughs> also,
2: that's
1: literally, you tell different RJ lies
0: on every episode. <laughs> <laughs> None of it's true.
2: That's true. Yeah, I might have said that once. <laughs>
0: yeah there's there's a book that's still the title of my my life story which is which lie did I tell I think that's that's william <laughs> goldman's book and that's I love that title um so all right let's get to the grand gesture because as I said, I didn't really have one picked out i think there there are a few options here, but all of them the the common thread is him either giving up or losing things that's like he's being stripped down so uh Megan, you said you had one in mind, so please do my podcasting job for me and maybe in the edit i'll just retake it and come up it'll be my idea i'll just i'll have like oh, yeah. a, a, the, the audio will sound clearly different than this skype call it'll be just me reciting <laughs> your lines but go ahead this is the first take
1: um so as as far as i could figure it from from uh from what i could tell the the grand gesture seems to be that he gets super drunk Calls Francis McDormand's husband and says, "I'm in love with your wife." Oh.
0: <laughs> this it's one, I, I, this one, I fear is probably far too relatable to us or you know, our <laughs> listeners. So, you know, most of these movies are like, "No, I never did that. That's pretty big. You know, never murdered a man or never sacrificed <laughs> myself." But yeah, like a drunken phone eye. call it's late something. at night. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Dave? Do you uh, do you agree with this uh, grand gesture? And how many times have you done it in life?
2: <laughs> i've never drunk dialed anyone in my life actually that has never happened are you living
0: it, i don't understand i may Who have
2: drunk this? texted people oh. but i've never actually made the phone call <laughs> i've drunk
1: i've drunk dialed people but it's always been friendship drunk dials or i get really hammered and i call them up and i go you're my
2: best friend <laughs> That's not too it's bad. like that's not damaging <laughs> that's good that's that's a good way to go unless you do it like um, every I, day and people realize it's like well, she, that
1: doesn't have a problem. yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a lot of drinking um i think I think that's probably the best grand gesture in the movie I think though for me what what stuck with me is of course he's angry when this happens, but when he kind of you mentioned giving up things when his you know twenty five thousand page book goes goes into the wind which he's only done on a typewriter because he's 175 years old
1: no because he's a fucking extra ass english (laughs) professor and that's what of course he's doing it on a typewriter that's how you know francis mcdormand has fixed him because he's doing it on a goddamn computer at the end oh that's an excellent point
0: that's an excellent point i can't wait to read those lines back on the separate recording i do (laughs) Uh,
1: so i'm giving giving you gold here (laughs)
2: So that moment after he kind of snaps at a couple people and eventually just kind of lets it go and decides like, okay, I just got to move on. There's There's no getting past this. I have to just kind of accept it. I think it's kind of a grand gesture... To himself, which is going to allow him to actually connect with people by letting this go, and in a weird way, like letting this go is him finally making a choice to not just devolve into this mess of a person who has lost his book, he just has to let it go and move on with his life
0: yeah I was thinking I was thinking that I was thinking the uh, the Marilyn Monroe jacket, which uh, maybe nice doesn't make the most logical sense, because I feel like it puts a lot of work on uh, Robert Downey Jr. to have to go out of his way. Like he has to make a separate book deal now. Because yeah. you asshole, you give away this. This this. Yeah, Robert, Robert Downey
1: Jr. is the ones, uh, the one making all the grand gestures. Yeah, yeah.
0: he's earning <laughs> his, his commission there, his fees. But and then of course uh, you have um, for for his own, I guess, physical well being, uh, Michael Douglas symbolically, I guess, says no to drugs and gives away his. Well, I won't say his last bag of weed there, but, you know, on his person, at least. I know? just call that a bad decision.
1: What He'll be back. He does kind of shed everything. He sheds mm-hmm. the book. Yeah. He sheds the weed. He tosses the ratty ass bathrobe in the trash.
0: You know, it's, it's a bit much as far as <laughs> him having to shed this, this identity this this myth of him as far as who he is he's you know he is so tied to this follow-up book you know he's working on the book the book the book the book thereby wants to be involved with or see that now as dave said when he doesn't have that anymore um i I like because making the like yours both of it sort of ties into it you know he does make some choices but what these choices do is they limit his choices in the future like that drunken phone call he puts himself right. in a fix where it's like, okay, now it's out there. Like now, <laughs> oh, you know, now I
1: gotta do with this. Yeah. My, that, my
0: job uh-oh. is in, and so does she, <laughs> <laughs> she for Francis McDormand. Once again, as a show, up. what did you do?
2: <laughs> did you, call my house. But you know, I do,
0: I do like that scene because there's no, there's no yeah, comedic lying. Thing. There's no, like, he's no. like, Oh, what yeah. did I do? I didn't. He's just like, yeah, I, I, I might've I, said yeah, this. I think yeah. I did. And I do,
2: I I, she she kind of takes it all in stride too. Like, she's like, okay, that's something I'm going to have to deal with. Like, I love how calm she is about this horrible thing that <laughs> has just happened.
1: Well, I love what she says where, where he's like, uh, where he says, you know, oh, well, what did, what did you say to him? And she's like, I said, it didn't sound like you. <laughs>
0: It's a great line. It's true. <laughs> so if you know, this is a guy who's been told that he's not making choices, and when he he starts doing so, um, he's 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 like the guy playing Madden that decides just to go like four wide every time, like Kel Mary. Hey, has, like he's I'm saying. gonna make all the choices. <laughs> yeah.
2: How about that? Is that one work for you. <laughs> Stop complaining
0: about me. There's a choice. So Dave, you bring up the interesting point that you know this one. This is a grand gesture where. I think for once, the the subject of our our love here, like Francis McDormand, the one that the grand gesture is being made for, uh, or at least you know in front of, like a symbol of like, look what I did for you, <laughs> does drive up and be like, all right, you kind of put me in a little fix there. Like that wasn't like, <laughs> that's like the most comfortable thing to do. Unfortunately, unfortunately, depending on how you view grand gestures, and I hope you like them because you're listening to a show called that. Um, she doesn't listen. Well, we'll take hate (laughs) listens too. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I'll always
1: take a hate (laughs) listen. Yeah. Send
0: all of your angry tweets to at PC case study. That is our Twitter handle. So Francis McDormand doesn't call him to the carpet. Are we led to believe that she's maybe not pleased with the exact execution here, but ultimately, you know, she does want to be with him. So she's also of the mindset, like this had to happen somehow. I didn't expect him to do it that way. And probably she didn't expect him to do anything. But now now this is solidified. Now this is our life. Like, are you comfortable with that, Dave? Because it's, as you said, it puts her in a corner as well. Yeah, it's a little tough but I think
2: this is just a uh, this is a story of low expectations. Like I think this is baby steps
0: for That's him, our podcast she, as well. Yeah, <laughs> low expectations, yes, absolutely. It's
1: a it's a great We're, tagline for the movie Wonder Boys.
0: The
1: <laughs> story of low
2: expectations. <laughs> um, because at the beginning of the film, like he's not he's not willing to make any of these choices. He's not willing to put himself in any danger except maybe with this dog at the beginning of the movie, but and this is it's misguided, definitely. But weirdly, I think his heart is in the right place here. He feels like in that moment, I'm doing the right thing here. I'm finally standing up and saying, I care about this woman. Maybe to the wrong person at the wrong time, but he is actually doing something. So I think she sees that. I think she sees, God bless her heart, she sees some hope in
0: this guy in this small step. So it still kind of works. And Megan, do you think that, we're led to be okay with this because all we know of her husband is that he's like a douchebag. I mean, he's just he's a pompous asshole.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Her, I feel like her husband's kind of uh, a short shrifted there. I feel like what's his face? Um, Rip towards character. Like we, he's way more of like a clear, like dick bag in what we see of him. We barely see the husband, but like we know that she's not happy in the marriage. I mean, that's pretty much all we're getting is we know she doesn't want to be in there she'd rather be with Michael Douglas, but you know, as as much as, I love Francis McDormand and I don't want to speak against her.
0: Oh, she ain't no. making
1: she ain't making any moves either. <laughs> like neither yeah. of them are moving. Like the the pregnancy is kind of the impetus where it's like she kind of tells him, like, well, someone's gotta do something now. Because prior to that it didn't seem like she was all that interested in in making choices or decisions either, that she was sort of comfortable with the situation. And so it, I was just gonna say, even though it puts her, even though his his terrible, well intentioned decisions put her in a corner, <laughs> it's also that same kind of thing. Now that he has to make decisions, she kind of has to now too. They're just worse.
2: <laughs> I kind of disagree that she's not making any moves. I think in that opening scene that we talked about, she says it as a joke, but I think she's being being serious in that moment. So like, I guess we both leave our leave our spouses now and. And move in together, like I think that's what she wants, but she knows who she's with as well. I think she's she's doubtful that he will be able to do that, but I think that's what she wants. And I think but I think if you look at both Michael Douglas and and this douchebag she's married, like she makes a lot of poor decisions uh with men in her life. Like over <laughs> two. Like that's not so good, Francis. You can do better than either of these guys.
0: It's true. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue that point. So um. <laughs> But I, I won't say battle. that I agree with you. So I'll just cut that out and get it. Yeah, I'll just cut out that old
2: <laughs> point. It's like is we there... should end with rip horn, clear dick bag. <laughs> 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 Solid. <laughs> Put that on the poster.
1: <laughs> I mean, is is there a man in this film who is worthy of, of her? <laughs> no. Yeah.
0: No. The guy with the uh the, the, the butt imprint. Uh, I can't remember <laughs> his real name.
1: I don't think I don't think they ever say it. I think they just to have the name that that they decide he has vernon oh god <laughs> vernon apple something because of fucking course they would do that to him uh vernon yeah, heart yeah.
2: apple <laughs> oh
1: god yeah that's it he's he
0: apple. seems like a guy that uh has it has it all together he seems genuinely in love you know what? with his, yeah, his i was lady. gonna say
1: you you know he loves his lady if else, he does
0: else.
2: <laughs> no doubt yep
0: so uh you know the final portion of our show is. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to ask Dave first because he always gets out of this. He always avoids answering. And then I, f- I figure out in the edit, <laughs> so I'm like, true. wait, Dave didn't answer any of the personal stuff. God damn stuff.
2: it. He got away again.
0: Uh, have you ever found uh, yourself in a uh, like romantic situation where uh, a choice you made or maybe you, just the removal of choices has actually been to the benefit? Just sort of clearing the the field a little bit, just uh, you know, cleaning cleaning the 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 table and saying okay this is we've got to strip this down and simplify this has there been a moment in your life where yeah you've wanted you've needed that michael douglas drunk phone call or or you need to (laughs) to give up your bag of weed to the the pilot from firefly that'll never happen all the time
2: Um, so, (laughs) uh, so in watching this movie there definitely was a moment where i was like there's something like this in my own life. For once when we were watching these movies, I really related to Francis McDormand's character a lot. A lot. Not because I've
0: been jerk. that's not... relating to the one that we're all saying is awesome.
1: Right. Michael Michael so... Douglas killed your dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're you know, we're still
2: working out the the proceedings. So we gotta figure that out. But um, there's a scene kind of late in the movie where she has kind of had it and she goes, you know, you need to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out on my own and hangs up on it. Uh, and when I first met my wife, she was dating someone else who was a terrible person. Uh, and she had decided she wanted to date me. And I told her, like, essentially, like, you need to get your house in order before we do anything because I'm not going to be involved in this drama. So you got to get this fixed. And I'm not going to do it for you. I'm not going to guide you in this. You need to kind of end this before we start anything because I care about you a lot. You're my friend. And I want something more from this. But I'm not I'm not just going to kind of enable this like, well, we can do both. It'll be fine. So I let the kind of choices just lay where they were and kind of like, you can make that decision or not. And I'll be here or not.
0: I think I've just been an asshole. I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, mine, I'm probably like more of like a Costanza-like character. The, you know, the great George it Costanza. <laughs> it's like if I want to limit my choices, it's like just totally – Uh, being a a scaredy cat. I mean, like, all right, I want this to be over. So what's something I could do that uh, would make me come across in a completely negative way? I'm awesome, and I'm so awesome, they're not going to be able to figure out that they need to end things with me. So I I have to play this part of of the cat. He's got a ghost. Just ghost. No, I don't. The I'm do I'm too old for that terminology, and I don't I don't believe in that either. Um, <laughs> I believe in the Costanza. The kids need to learn that
1: Costanza. <laughs> the these
0: and... these elaborate right on, right elaborate uh, schemes. It's going to be awful. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was going to say I'm right on that line of of being able to pop culturally reference both the yeah, act of Costanza You're good and ghosts.
0: Yeah. Somehow we'll combine the two into some sort of weird scheme, but yeah. yeah, that's that would be I could see, and I've, that's a common thing. I think people you know that don't want to have that confrontation will try to you know close that window in some way, but they don't want to be willing to slam it shut. And so yeah, like especially yep. when it comes to breakups. Now I think it's it's very different for this movie when it's starting a relationship that you try to back someone into a corner. And I do like that, but uh, I'm not that type. Of, I'm not that type of guy. I'm, I believe in open windows, run free, away from me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'm telling people. Fly,
1: <laughs> live your life.
0: So uh, buy
1: a turtle head Get a computer. Yeah, uh, you know, I.
0: It's a weird breakup line. Get a computer. Get, a computer get, for get out of life <laughs> and get a computer. Um,
1: I can't speak romantically to that in terms of like. Choices and and things. I don't know. I feel like my my relationships have been sort of blessedly straightforward in that regard. I guess, but in, in terms of like just choices, I'm a ghoster. Oh, if there no. if there are options, and I'm just like, oh, there's too many things. I don't know how to deal with this. I'm. I will. I will sit there and just be like, I will ignore all of this until it's I either all got away. Or there's only one <laughs> left. I'll but, sit here in this ratty bathrobe.
0: But clearly, I mean, this is, this. this is like a flaw of Grady <laughs> Tripp here is that he is so accustomed to being um, – uh, having this degree of fame in that particular social circle that he, he's trying to do the exact opposite. He doesn't make any choices. Uh, he doesn't want to complete any of these things he set out to do, but he still wants all the attention for the process yep. of doing those things. And that's one thing that is hard to, it's hard to root for the guy against, but man, he's, he's really going for it. I mean, I think I I would like to know what is the, what is the like, you know, Netflix series of this? Like how many episodes does Grady stretch this out? I wonder if he like reaches like, you know larry david level like kirby enthusiasm. i was gonna say
1: it, it would basically become kirby enthusiasm <laughs> at that point i mean it it gets close
0: <laughs> that's i don't know if that's good or bad but i can see why this did not set the yes. world on fire back in the spring of 2000 because that's a, a packing all that curb into uh, two hours uh, could get really obnoxious to people but the is
1: true that's that's a lot of that's a lethal dose. Almost. That's what we attempt
0: to do on this podcast. We try we to try pack in all that obnoxious. So, dear listeners, I don't know if you're still with us, but I want to thank Megan for being here. And once again, if they are still around, uh, tell people where they can interact with you and listen to your show.
1: Well, thank thank you again for, for having me, for putting up with um, how much I didn't like this movie. <laughs> and uh, if you want to hear me complain about more things, but about books instead of movies uh you can listen to me and my co-host RJ at OnoLitclass oh at onolitclass.com and everywhere and um on our most recent uh episode as as of this moment was about uh, Edgar Allan Poe and his god awful life choices actually yeah you want to talk about someone who was <laughs> a just like life was dealing them terrible hands and b they were only exacerbating it by just doing the worst, dumbest shit. Edgar Allan Poe a great example of that. So if you want to get your fix of that, we've got you covered.
0: I probably should just put that at the top of the show because they'll 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 be like, okay, we'll listen to that, not this. Wonder Boys, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> what is that? But... That Tenacious D song? Yeah. Why are was, we covering good, that? Good editing choice. Oh, I that would... was it. A- I will definitely have that playing right now as we're speaking to close this yep. out. So, and it will it will be my idea. i will gonna cut it. Oh yeah, you can take that one. No one listens anyway. You could have it.
2: right. High above the mucky muck, castle made of clouds. There sits Wonder Boy, sitting oh so proudly. Not much to say, then you're high above the. Muck.
0: For listening to another episode of The Grand Gesture. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, you can do so at Grand Gesture Also, hopefully, you are already subscribed on iTunes or your pod player of choice. And if you are, you get our very next episode on another Wonder Boy. This time, it's Will Ferrell as everyone's favorite elf buddy as he attempts to woo not only Zoe Deschanel, but James Conn. And I don't know which one of those would be worse. Find out next time. Have about the power to move you? Mr. History, wonder boy, and young nasty man. Rig a go go, rig a go go, a secret to be told, a gold chest to be bold, and blasting
2: forth with three part You'll be all right then. Look at Carlisle when he lost his luggage. That was Macaulay. Oh. Well, what about Hemingway, when Hadley lost all those stories? He was never able to reproduce them. Look, Trip, I don't want to depreciate the loss. But maybe, you know, in a sense, it's for the best. You're suggesting it's some kind of sign? In a sense. my experience, signs are usually a little more subtle. Let me get this straight. All that paper that blew away back there, that was the only copy. I'm afraid so, yes. And you you saying that it's some kind of a sign? Man, what is the fuck the matter with you? John. All I'm saying is that sometimes subconsciously a person will put themselves in a situation, perhaps even create that situation in order to have an arena in which to work out an unresolved issue. Or right, it's a covert way, if you will, of addressing a problem. I'll tell you the problem. You behind the wheel there's the problem. You mean? Did you? or Did you not? I'm
0: a gun to his head. He was trying to steal my car. No, I'm asking you a question. Did no. you? or Did you not? have a gun to his head. And oh, you get oh, getting on oh, my nerves. That oh, is enough.
2: Right, it's done is done. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Okay? So what was it about?
1: Your book? What was the story?
2: What he means is it's difficult to distill the essence of a book sometimes because it lives in the mind. But you got to know what it was about, right? If you didn't know what it was about, why were you writing
0: I couldn't stop.